over the last couple of weeks, Pastor has been talking to us about the year we're in, the, the, the Hebraic year, 5784. Say that with me, 5784. I know some of you are like, what does that mean? I thought we are in 2023. We are, you are. Someone say, you're in 2023. But in, on God's calendar, this is actually the year 5783. Um, and, and the reason why that's important is because the Bible talks about how God has times and seasons for everything. The tribe of Issachar, the Bible says this about the tribe of Issachar, that they understood the times and the seasons, but they knew what to do about it, right? And so pastor has been led to teach on the Hebraic 50, year 5784 because every year has a theme that God is speaking through that, through those Hebrew words, through that Hebrew alphabet, through those numbers. Now, I want to say this up front, that just because God is highlighting a theme in a particular year, it does not mean that that's the only time he can do something. Does that make sense? Like God can heal anytime. God can bring breakthrough anytime. It just means that there are seasons and times that God has set to do a special work. All right. You tracking with me? And we know according to prophecy that this will become important because it actually prophesies one day in the scriptures that the nations will um, celebrate these feasts, right? And we know that these feasts are according to uh, God's timetable. So we're just looking at what the Lord is speaking through this Hebraic understanding of the year we're in. Amen? And so five, pastor's been talking about this, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this today. But if you want more in-depth teaching on this, go, go over the past two sermons. But five is the number of what? Five is the number of grace. Someone say grace. Seven is the number of completion, right? Eight is the number of Oh, come on. Y'all can do better than that. Y'all got to help me preach. I said eight is the number of? Amen. I've seen how many people have been paying attention. That, that was your test right there. And the number four stands for, literally in the Hebrew, it stands for an open door. It speaks of a time of God opening doors. But also the word, the, 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 uh, that letter, that number denotes this, an open door, but it also means a multiplication in creation. Amen. So you could say it like this. What is God saying to us through his calendar? We are in a season of grace, number five, where God is extending his hand to us. And number seven, God is completing his work in us. And a lot of the tests and the trials that we have been going through are about to be finished. Come on. Can, can, can anybody say amen to that? You know, for so many of us, the last three years have probably been the most challenging and trying times of our life. How many can attest to that? But how many know that certain things are coming to an end? God is working all things to our good. So that's 57. Now eight, the number eight, it is a time of, someone say, new beginnings. Even if you have messed up and blown it, there is grace to begin again. There is new beginnings for you. And number four, to, to, to use the last number is God has brought us into a new season where there are new doors and doors that are opening to us right now. Amen. Turn with me to the book of Revelation chapter three. I want to read verse seven and verse eight. I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about doors. And then I want to connect it to what I believe my assignment is today. Someone say doors. So that, that word, dalet, which is the fourth letter in the Hebrew alphabet, 
it, it represents doors, but it, it also implies, like I said, creation and multiplication. Someone say multiplication. And so I just want to talk for just a few minutes about doors and what they mean in Scripture and how we can experience them. But first, I just, I just kind of want to get our attention because sometimes, you know, we can read the Scripture so much. There's so much in there that we don't realize how many times things are mentioned. And I'll say this. Doors and gates are significant throughout the entire Bible. How many know that's true? But we're going to primarily look at just one chapter and we're going to see there's this theme. It says in verse 7, Jesus is writing to the the faithful church in Revelation 3. It says, and to the angel of the Lord of the church in Philadelphia, not Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the ancient Philadelphia. These things say he who is holy, he who is true. Listen to this. He who has the key of David. Hear this. Who opens and who has the key of David, who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one can open. How many of you are thankful that God can open a door that no man can shut? But he can shut doors that no one can open. Come on, let's praise God for that. He said, I know your works. He tells the faithful church, listen to this. I know your works, but listen to what he says. I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, you have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Now, in this passage, when he's talking about the key of David, this is a reference also to Isaiah 22, chapter 22. This is governmental anointing. This is that when the king says something, that's it. And he says, I have the key of David, and when I open this door, this door is open. The devil can't shut it. The president can't shut it. Congress can't, they can't vote to shut this door. And if I close this door, no one can open it again. Amen. Now let's keep reading. Revelation chapter 3, later on in this chapter, now he's speaking to uh, the lukewarm church, right? And he says, I'm going to jump down to verse 17. He says, because you say I am rich have become wealthy and have need of nothing, you do not know how wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked you are. He says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and clothed with white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I chastise or chasten. I know, I know we don't like that, but how many know that's a beautiful thing? The Lord disciplines those he loves. Amen. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Now listen to what he says. He says, I discipline those I love. Repent. And listen to what he says to the church at Laodicea. He says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. So he's standing in this verse, at a door and he's knocking. So there are doors in scripture. I'm building my case. Just stick with me. There are doors in our lives that God himself has to open. Only God can open these doors. There are doors that God has to shut that only he can shut. Then there are doors 
He's God. He can do anything he wants, but there are doors that he refuses to open for us. There are doors that we have to open and doors we have to close. Because in the verses above, he says, I've opened a door for you and you're standing before it. But go down further in that chapter and he says, listen, at this door, I'm knocking and you have to let me in. All right, you tracking with me? So I want you just to think in terms of doors. And you know what's crazy is doors are such a big part of our life. And we just, you know, we just use them so much. How many of you know you've probably already walked through 10 doors just today? Right? You got up, you got out of your bed, bed you know, or if you're like me, you fell, on the, fell asleep on the couch last night. But if you slept in your bedroom, you woke up. The first thing you did was you walked out of one door and you walked into another room. When you left your house, you walked out of your front door. You opened your car door and you got into your car. You drove here, got out of a door, and walked through more doors. Doors, 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 doors. Doors are important. So not only does the scripture talk about doors that God opens, and then there's doors that he invites us to open and close. But furthermore, guess what scripture actually says about you? You yourself are a door. I'm going somewhere, Speak, stick with me. Psalm chapter 24, verse 6 says this. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. Be lifted up, or lift up your head, O ye. I told you you are going to have to preach with me. Lift up your head, O ye, and be lifted up, ye everlasting. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a door. So the, the, the psalmist says this, lift up your head, O ye gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. So he says it again, lift up your head, O ye, lift up your head, you everlasting doors. Can I let you in on a little secret? God uses us when he wants to release things into the earth. And so we, at be, the scripture actually calls us our being, it uses that metaphor that says we are actually gates and we are doors. We get to decide what comes in and what comes out. And the Lord himself has chosen to use us as vessels by way the kingdom comes. All right, stick with me. I'm about to preach. Y'all ready for this? So we're in the year... 5784. Literally, it translates in the Hebrew that this is the year of open doors. But here's what I discovered when I was studying. Because not only does each year in the Hebrew mean something, each decade in the Hebrew means something. Guess what the decade of the 80s represents? The de- so you have, a, you have a decade theme and then you have an, a yearly theme. The, the theme for the 80s, we're in year 5874. The theme is this, it's, it's, it's the Hebrew word pay. It means to open your mouth and speak. Open your mouth. Pay means to open your mouth and prophesy. Because in order to see and to access the doors that are opening, you have to release something has to come 
Listen to me. I'm just starting, but track with me. For the door to open and for you to have access, it actually requires for you to say something. Because you're a gate and a doorway. Let me keep going. And so remember, that stands for a door, but it also stands for creation and multiplication. So let me tie this together. What does creation and multiplication have to do with doors? It's because we need to understand this in scripture. Every time a door is opening, and when I say a door, anytime God is doing something, anytime God is going to open a door or close a door, do a new thing or shift a thing, he always has somebody open their mouth. So here's what I came to say today. Here's my assignment. And I almost titled this message, watch your mouth. Turn your name and say, watch your mouth. Here's what I felt like the Lord. Can I tell you what I felt like the Lord asked me a couple weeks ago? Can I trust you to talk around your promise? And I remember this story. I'm not going to read it because I don't have time. It's fascinating. It's the story. You can find it in Luke chapter one and other places in the other gospels where the angel of the Lord comes to Zachariah. You remember this story? Zachariah is the father of John the Baptist. And Zechariah is a priest, and when the angel of the Lord comes to him, he's in the temple offering up incense. He's worshiping. And the angel of the Lord comes to him. This, you know what cracks me up about the Bible? I love this. Every time an angel comes and tells someone something, they don't believe it. See, so, oh, oh, this ain't my message today. See, some of us think that if an angel literally stands before us, that we'll believe God. Sometimes you can have an angel stand before you and still not believe God. Isn't that wild? Okay. The angel of the Lord comes before and says, listen, your wife's going to have a child. And he says, how? The angel said, all right, you blew it. That's it. You can't talk for a while. God corrected him by literally not allowing him to speak for a while. And I understand that God was correcting him, but there's a principle here. Can God trust you to talk about what he wants to do in your life? Because let me tell you what I've realized, and I'll put myself on the chopping block. I've realized part of my problem is I can't shut up sometimes. I open up my mouth And I'm speaking from my feelings or what I think is possible or I'm speaking from past season and past seasons. And God is saying, can you be quiet and shut your mouth? Because a lot of the times we are talking ourselves out of a miracle. We are talking ourselves out of a breakthrough. We are talking. Listen to me. We talk our way out of what God wants. I'm going to prove it to you. Because God actually designed us this way. You know, we say it all the time. Words are powerful. Words are powerful. But I don't think we actually understand how powerful words are. All right. And and today, just so we're clear, I want to get this out of the way, a disclaimer. When I'm talking about speaking the word of God, I'm not talking about name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. I'm not I'm not talking about, Lord, give me a BMW and a BMW is going to show up in my I'm not saying God can't do that, but that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is coming into an alignment with the word of God concerning the times and the seasons that we are in and that you are in. And when you speak a word in season, listen to me. I feel the anointing. Listen, there is authority when you speak. God, 
Let me prove it to you because y'all looking at me like y'all don't believe me. When we speak, we have the power to create. When we speak, we have the power to activate. When we speak, we have the power to bring things into manifestation. So, and I'll say this, this is a sidebar. It's not only important that we understand that what we speak matters. It doesn't only matter for your life. Here's why it also matters. And the the, the Lord uh, really ministered this to me this week. And I was like, dang, that's that's true. That's that's good. He told me it's, it's not just for our benefit and for the sake of the kingdom that we speak the right things. Here's the other important reason we need to be careful what we say. Because the demonic realm is also listening to what we speak. Please hear me. The devil and demons, even though they occupy a certain spiritual um, capability and uh, abilities, here's one thing that we got to understand. They are not God. They are not omnipresent. Did you know that? Satan and his minions, they're not God. They're not everywhere at once. They're not omnipresent. And here's the thing. They can't read your thoughts. You know what they can do? They listen to what you speak with your mouth. I don't want to get into this. That's why when people go to witches and warlocks, they're called familiar spirits. How do they know the things they know? Because they've been listening to your conversation. Oh, don't don't make me go there. That's why it will never be prophecy. Because only prophecy. Prophecy has to come from the one who is the beginning and the end. Prophecy has to come from the one that has the ability to create. The enemy cannot create. He can only imitate, deceive, lie, and mock. All right, let me keep going. That's why I'm not saying don't talk about our issues. That's, that's not healthy. That's not what I'm saying. My, my, what I'm saying is what is the, the dominant thing that you are speaking over you. Because guess what? The angelic realm, the heavenly realms are listening, but so is the demonic realm. And when they hear you complaining, and when they hear us uh, cursing God, and when they hear us speaking death, guess what? They're listening and they're saying, this is what works on him. This is what we need to amplify this. We need to do this. And what happens is not only that, we end up without realizing it with our mouth coming into agreement with darkness. Rather than the word of God. My, my friend, what, what did my friend Luke say? Both heaven and hell know who you are. We're the only ones confused. Satan loves when we agree with him. Because then he don't have to do much. Amen. But so, turn your and say words have power. In the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, and depending on your translation, it may say something differently, but they all initially say the same thing. In the beginning, the earth was without form, and, it, and what? It was dark, and it says um, it was formless and void, right? When you read it in the Hebrew, it actually says, basically, the surface of, on the surface of the earth, there was chaos. But what does it say? The Spirit of the Lord hovered over the deep. Am I right? Some of y'all are looking at me like I'm making this up. So I want you to see this. There's chaos. There's things that are void and without form. Does that sound familiar? Anybody been through a season where it just feels like chaos? <laughs> things are, there's some things that need to take form. Listen to this. The spirit of the Lord is hovering over the deep. The spirit of the Lord has 
all the creative power and all the power in the world to fix that situation. But listen to this. Just because it's hovering, it didn't do anything. It didn't do anything until God spoke. So the spirit was there, but it wasn't until God spoke that things began to be created. Did you know, you know, we say it all the time. I'm made in the image and likeness of God. What does that mean? We could talk about image, but do you know what it means to be like God? Did you know that what, one of the things that separates you and I from the animal kingdom is that we have the ability to speak? Some of us love our dogs, but I don't remember a dog talking anytime lately. I know they make movies where they talk, but how many know dogs don't talk? I know parrots can repeat you, but guess what? They're not communicating at an intellectual level or an emotional level. They're just repeating what you say. One of the things that makes us most like God is our ability to speak. That's why when God brought the animals to Adam, you notice that, that, that God didn't name the animals. He said, Adam, you name them. Okay. So the spirit of God was hovering, but it wasn't until God said, let there be. That creation took place. This is the year of the open door where God is wanting to release creative miracles and bring kingdom alignment. But the word of God has to be spoken in season. And I want to tell you that anytime God is going to do something significant, you have to open up your mouth and I'm going to prove it. We just talked about creation, but when it came time, the children of Israel had been in slavery for how many years? 400 years. And God says, it's time for deliverance. The door of deliverance is opening for the nation of Israel. What does he do? Moses, I need your voice. What's crazy is Moses couldn't even talk right. He stuttered, but God says, I'm going to use your voice. Go and tell that fella over there, let my people. It wasn't until Moses opens his mouth that God's purposes began to be unfolded. Track with me. Joshua, the Bible says that, that they sent out 12 spies to spy the land. 10 of them came back and said, what? We can't take the land. There's giants in there. Two of them came back and said, oh, we got this. They said something different, which is why they got to see the promised land. The children of Israel, God told them, when you march around Jericho six days, on the seventh day, open your what? I don't know if you're seeing this or not. God, he doesn't have to use us, but he chooses us because we are gates and we ourselves are doors that God uses to release his will in this world. And I don't know why he chooses to do it that way, but he does. And that's why God is saying this is the season to open your mouth. And I'm not talking about open your mouth in a shallow way and just declare everything just selfishly. I'm talking about can you get in alignment with the word of God concerning your life in this season and begin to speak to it. Right? Okay, here's another one. God tells Elijah, Elijah, shut up the heavens. Notice that. God didn't shut up the heavens. He told Elijah, you shut them up. He said, and Elijah, once you say that the heavens are shut up, I'm not going to open them until you say they're open. 
God could, God didn't need to use Elijah. He chose to use Elijah. And you know what he said? I, I need your voice, Elijah. Open up your mouth and say, the heavens are shut. And there came a time where he said, I need you to open up your mouth and say, the heavens are open. The centurion told Jesus in the gospels as Jesus is walking by, he says, hey, I, I, I need a miracle. And, and, and Jesus said, okay, I'll come to your house. And what did the centurion say? You don't even need to come to my house, Jesus. Just speak your and Jesus said, Jesus said, I have not found this much faith in all of Israel. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit fell. But guess what? God needed a voice. So a man named Peter, which, by the way, blew it in the previous season. If you want to talk about what 5784 looks like practically, it doesn't matter if you've blown it. God can redeem it and use, still use you because the man that had just denied him a few weeks before that, when the Holy Spirit fell, he says, that's great. Now I need a voice. Peter stood up, opened his what? Mouth. God filled it with revelation and 3,000 people get saved. In Acts chapter 10, when the door of salvation is opening to the Gentiles, hear me, when when the door of the Gentiles is opening, there's a man praying by the name of Cornelius. And the Bible says this, that Cornelius is praying and his prayers and his worship are going up as a memorial before God. I want you to hear me. It's not just, it's not just what we say. It's the worship and the praise that is coming out of us. Actually, did you know this? It's actually sending a signal. And when the door opened for the, for, for the, for the uh, Gentiles, God said, I'm, I choose Cornelius' house. You know why? Because there's a sound coming out of Cornelius. So he is going to be the, 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 the foundation of what I'm about to do. And so when Acts chapter 10 opened, he looks for somebody whose mouth was open. When Paul and Silas are, are, are chained up in jail and they're beaten and they're broken and all those things. The Bible says what? At the midnight hour, they opened up there. And they begin to sing praises, right? And as they did, what happened? The foundations of the prison were shaken. Beloved, I'm here to tell you, God is able, God is willing, but there are some things that God will not do until you open your mouth. And the enemy would love nothing more for you to stay silent. And fill you with so much shame, doubt, guilt. That he would muzzle you. But let's talk about Jesus himself. Is this helping anybody? I'm almost done. Jesus himself. Listen to this. Jesus himself had to understand the power of speaking the word of God. He is the divine logos. He's the, he's the eternal word of God. But he also had to speak it. Jesus himself. I love this. In John chapter 6. And this is what I love about John's gospel. It's always prophetic. Remember 4 represents what? Doors, multiplication, creation. Guess what the fourth miracle is in John's gospel? It's the, it's the miracle of multiplication. Jesus comes to his disciples and he says, hey, guys, we got to feed them lunch. And we know the story. They're like, there ain't enough food, bro. You know, the, little, the boy brought the lunch. and they're, I'm paraphrasing, right? This is Drew's version. Peter's like, bro, that ain't even enough to feed four of us, bro. Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm hitting up a whole fish basket just by myself. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> some fish and chips. <clears throat> but listen, I love this in, in, in John chapter 6. Listen to what Jesus said. After they were done with their doubts and, you know, saying the wrong thing. 
Jesus said, have everybody sit down. That's a message right there. He said, sit down. I'm going to do my thing. And he says this. It says, and Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, I want to read it again. I want you to picture this. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them. When did the miracle happen? When Jesus opened his mouth and practiced thanksgiving. You see, you have to speak a word in season. Because the disciples looked at what was available and all they could see was what lacked. Jesus saw what was about to be. Jesus said, just sit them down. Here's what he did. He said, Father, I give you thanks. And as he thanked them, it began to multiply. That means this, as he opened up his mouth, I always tell people, you can't complain your way into a miracle, but you can thank your way into one. You can't, you cannot complain your way into breakthrough, but you can praise your way into. That's what I'm saying about Are you hearing me this morning? That's what I'm saying this morning is we've got to do the opposite of what we've been doing. Hang up the phone. Stop telling them about the problem and start praising. Hang up the phone. Stop rehearsing the problem and start worshiping. Hang up the phone and stop regurgitating what the enemy's doing and start speaking the word of God. I I dare you the next time you get a bad, some bad news, you take a moment to reflect and give your cares to God. But go ahead and practice some radical praise. Go ahead and start practicing some radical worship. Go ahead and start speaking the opposite of what you feel. Because the miracle, listen to me, the miracles don't happen most of the time until we open our mouth. So he, you know, he's so good, sometimes he'll do it despite us. But most of the time, he's going to have you do something. And a lot of the times, it involves this right here. You ever, you ever, if you think about our mouths, you ever wonder why, you know, Proverbs, it talks about the things that God hates. You, you notice the majority of, of the things that he hates has, has to do with what we do with our mouth. He hates lies. He, he hates gossip. He hates those who sow discord, all those things. Because with this thing right here, we can either build his kingdom or we partner with the kingdom of darkness. Jesus, so when he multiplies, he gives thanks. Not only that, we know that when Jesus was in the boat, remember, this is God in the flesh, a storm comes. And even though God in the flesh was in the boat, the storm was still there, but Jesus spoke to the storm. Then he tells his disciples, all you need is, is faith the size of a what? Mustard seed. But what did he, did, did he say all you need is faith? He said, no. If you have faith, he says, then you can what? Speak to the mountain. Tell, turn your neighbor and say, this year I'm going to speak to the mountain. He said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, it will move. And so here's my challenge today. Ask your neighbor again, what are you speaking? What are you speaking over your life? What are you speaking over your family? What are you speaking over your marriage? Because I want to tell you this. This year, in 2024, in the year 5784, if you're going to see the promises of God, if you're going to experience the open doors that God is opening, God is looking for people who are speaking the word of God and are speaking back to him what he's saying. And here's why that's important. Because 
if we're not careful, what we actually speak most of the time is our own thoughts and feelings. Can I say something? I got to close, musicians close. We live in a generation where my thoughts and my opinions reign supreme. If I think it and I feel it, that's what matters. I'm not saying our thoughts and feelings don't matter. They matter to God. But they're not always truth. I can't afford to live and speak from my feelings or what I feel or what I've experienced. I have got to get to a place where I can speak from a different dimension. If you want to have a different life, you've got to speak from a different place. And you've got to understand this is not, this is not just hogwash. God has created you to speak, to open up your mouth and speak. I want you to stand with me all across this room. I wrote this down right before this service because I don't know who this is for. One of the greatest challenges we have is that when we're entering a new season, the season we're coming out of is so fresh. We don't mean to, but our mouth just sometimes gets ahead of us. Don't name this season based upon your last season. Don't put a period when God was just trying to put a comma. Remember, remember that mother when the baby came out because of the circumstances, she named the child Ichabod. Sometimes we're naming things more out of circumstances and pain, disappointment. And so as we move into what God has for us, This is what I'll I'll close with this. If you'll close your eyes with me. It's time to close the door to unforgiveness and bitterness, disappointment. And it's not that God doesn't care. Of course he cares. He's wanting in this season to actually bring healing and wholeness so that you can begin to speak life again. And that's what I love about Revelation 3 because he tells them this. He says, guys, just be honest. He goes, you're talking like you don't need anything, but I know how naked and poor and hungry you really are. And if you'll get real, I'll feed you. I'll clothe you. I'll make you wealthy. And he's not talking about money there. He's saying, stop with the act. Because most of us want to be polished. God wants to refine us. And he tells him, he says, I challenge you, buy from me gold that's been refined by fire. Those who I love, I discipline. He says, so repent. And he says, open the door. He says, and I'll come in and dine with you. The most important door in all of the scripture and in our conversation today is this door right here. The greatest door that should be left open and it's unfortunate that sometimes we get to that place where the Lord himself has to knock and say, let me in. Jesus said, open the door and I'll come and what? Dine with you. Communion. Because 
God can open up all the other doors. We can get all the breakthroughs. But if that door is closed, we've lost everything. I was at a conference earlier this year. I'm going to share just one quick story before we pray. I had spoken at the morning session, and it was a far drive. I had to drive home. And I got home, and I told my wife, I said, Maddie, I was like, we're really supposed to be there tonight. I know we're supposed to be there tonight. God's telling me we need to go. And it was just like we, we had a bunch going on. We had to cancel some plans. And it just so happened my favorite worship leader was there. So I wanted to go hear them because this worship leader, uh, it doesn't matter their name, but this worship leader is who I listen to in the secret place. It's my favorite worship leader. But something was telling me you need to go tonight, not just because they were there. So I remember driving there and I remember getting to the end of the service and I'm like, man, this is amazing. But Lord, why did you have us here? And she stops and she only prophesied over one person that night. And it was me and Maddie. And you know what she looked at me and she said, she goes, I don't know you, but the Lord just told me to tell you this secret place is your safe place. But hold on. It's what she said to me next. I said, Andrew, what's, what's most, the greatest reward is not what he'll do through you or the doors he'll open. The greatest reward is who he is to you. Hear me. The greatest door that needs to open in our lives, and I'll say to the church in America, is we can have all the breakthrough and all the blessing and all the this. But if that door is closed, it doesn't matter. And in the end of the, in that chapter, it says, Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. And that's a door he will not kick down or force you to open. But he knocks. And what I want to pray over us today, what I want to pray, with your hands lifted, what I want to pray over us today is our altar workers come. I want to pray that this year as you step into this new season, just really sense that this morning that there are things that are coming to an end, praise God. And new things are coming. And new doors are opening. Praise God. So I pray, all, I pray that over all of us. This year be the, the year of incredible doors opening. But I'm especially praying for that last door. I'm praying that that door stays open. And the Lord doesn't have to knock. And the Lord doesn't have to keep knocking. I'm praying that the door of communion and relationship and visitation and intimacy. I'm praying that that door remain open. Do you know that this year at Inspired Church, we have been experiencing, I don't know if you've taken notice, I'm sure you have, that this year we have been experiencing an incredible move of the Spirit in this place. And that's my prayer for us. You know, that's my number one prayer for us is, Lord, I, whatever else you do, I'm thankful for, but that door has to stay open. You are, this is, you are welcome here. The door of fellowship, the door of communion is the most important thing. In fact, if, if I'm going to have to lose the door of fellowship, I don't want it. Because what's most important is who you are to us. minister was here last week and he said he was crying throughout the whole service 
He said, I haven't been to a church in a long time here in America where I've cried the whole service, the presence of the Lord is here. And I want to say, I really want to say thank you because I feel like as a church family, we've done that so well. We have opened that door. But here's what I sense that the Lord is saying, there's more coming. But not, not just... Not just for the services, but for, for you, for your family. Amen? Who wants that door to open in your home? Where there's presence, and there's peace, and there's wholeness. So with every hand lifted, I first want to pray for those. If you're in this room, and you don't know the Lord, but you want to know him. I just want you to wave at me. Every eye closed, just wave at me. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Amen. Online. Come on, let's pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. I confess that I'm a sinner and I need you. Wash me in your blood. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I declare that you are Lord. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. Come on, let's give those who prayed that prayer a hand clap. Just with every eye closed, I'm going to pray this prayer over us. I know, so, I know you got to go. I know Papacitos and Papados is calling. My family's cooking a home-cooked meal again. It's my favorite Sunday. Woo! nothing better than home cooking but before we leave this place who needs some things to who needs to shut some doors this morning who needs who needs God to help you shut some doors so the new ones can open how many of you need a season to end so that a new one can begin if that's you I just want you to hurry and come join me and I don't care if it's five people ten people I, I, it don't it don't matter to me I just want those who this word is resonating with. Just come with every hand lifted. Bible says, lift up your head, O ye gates. Ye everlasting doors. The enemy is so afraid of a believer coming to a revelation of the power that they possess in their mouth. So with your hand lifted, just take 10 seconds. I just want you to begin to praise him right now before we pray. See, because you're the door, I can't be the door for you. Father, I'm praying over each and every person in this room, God. Father, as we have transitioned into this new season, Father, I thank you for the doors that we are choosing to close. Some of us need to close the doors of bitterness and unforgiveness, resentment. 
Father, we need to close those doors today. Would you help us, Lord? Help us, help us, help us, Lord. Help us get past this season, these previous seasons, God. Father, I pray right now. I thank you, God, that you're healing and mending hearts. Father, I thank you that you're opening doors that no one can close and you're shutting doors in our life that no one can open, Father God. And it starts when we open our mouth and we say, Lord, I need you. I need you. I need you to do this. So, Father, we invite you into our circumstances. We invite you into our families. We invite you into our lives, God. And I pray over them, Father God, that, that, Father, that something would rise up within them, that there's a faith today that that will begin to declare the word of the Lord over their life, to declare the word of the Lord over their family, to declare the word of the Lord over their marriage. You know, I I had this picture today as I was praying, and I'm married, so I know how it is. And see, 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 a lot of the problems in our marriages is that we're just saying how we feel all, all the time. Listen to me. I'm challenging you. If you want your marriage to experience an open heaven, I dare you to be, I challenge you to begin to speak something different over your spouse. Stop speaking to their weakness. Stop speaking to who they've been. Start speaking to who they are and who they're becoming. Start speaking. Don't stop just speaking to what's wrong in your family. Start declaring the word of the Lord over your family. Start declaring a new thing over your life. And so, Father God, I pray that this would be a a season of alignment where we come into an alignment with your word. And, Father God, as we begin to release our sound, I thank you. This is a year of creative miracles, new beginnings, new creation. Watch what God can do with chaos. Watch what what God God can do with things that are dark, that that are void and without form. The Bible says the spirit of the Lord hovered over the deep. But when God spoke, something happened. I'm I'm challenging you. It is time that you stop being muzzled. It's time that you stop being afraid. It is time that you stop, stop cowarding back. It's time for you to begin to speak. Because when you do, When you speak a word in alignment, when you speak a word in season, God uses your voice to release the things that he's doing in your life. So, Father, I bless your people. I bless your people. I don't know who this is. For those of you who need healing in this room, healing in your bodies. This is a year, I believe, of creative miracles. Father, I thank you right now all across this room. God, of those who need a miracle this morning. I thank you that you're touching bodies right now. Father, I call their bodies back into alignment as you designed it to be. Every cancer cell, we curse it at the root. We speak to it. We thank you, Father, for healing, God. Blood issues, blood disease, Father, I thank you, God, that you can give the best blood transfusions than any hospital, Father. I thank you for healing blood disease, Father. I pray over diabetes, God, and and issues of of other other blood sugar-related issues, Father, God. I thank you. I'm speaking to those who need creative miracles in their life. Thank you, Father God, for healing and restoring. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. Our altars are open. Our altars are open for those who need prayer, but God bless you.